Good morning. My name is Arturo, and this is the Morning Meditation Podcast. Today's meditation is called Home, the second in the philosophy series. It starts with a question. What does it take to build a good home? It really depends on your point of view, who you are and how you're approaching it. But to start with, to build a good home, you need a house, four walls and a roof, a place to get together, a place to live, a shelter. That's the most basic explanation of a house and a home. But if you're a home builder, what does it take to build a good home? Good materials, craftsmanship, um, hard work, diligence, excellence, uh, putting your hand to to the work. That's what it takes to build a good home. If you're an interior designer, what does it take? How about balance and flow? What about color and, I don't know, shape, line? I really don't know too much about that. I'm not that kind of a person. But I assume there's probably a lot more to it. I could probably be taught quite a bit about interior design. But it has more to do with uh, with flow and with um, with the eye, how it looks. But what if you're a homemaker? You know, what what do you see as building a good home? It might be warmth and family, hospitality, being ready for people when they come over, um, being inviting, uh, cleanliness, lots of different things. Maybe it's good food. What does it take to build a good home? Depends on who you are. Depends on how you approach it and what you're looking at. Now, what does God say about building your home. Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, he finishes it up with how you build uh, your house. But he's, he's speaking in kind of a parable form. And he says, you know, I've been talking to you about this sermon, and it's the greatest teaching probably ever. But it's concise And it contains lots of instruction for life. And at the very end, he says, you know, if you take these words of mine and you put them into practice, then you're like a man who built a house on the rock. The house is well built and the waters came, the floods come and the storms and the winds. And the house stood because it was built on the rock. But if you take these words of mine and you don't do what I say, then... You're like a man who built his house on the sand or built his house with no no foundation. And the winds came and the floods came and the storms and the house fell and great was its fall. So what he's saying is to build a good house or a good home, you need a good foundation. It must be built on the rock, which is pretty cool because one of the pictures of Jesus is He's the rock of our salvation. <clears throat> so how are you gonna how are you gonna build your house? How are you gonna build your home? How do you build a good home? With a good foundation. Something that's important. Earlier, when I mentioned house in the in the simplest explanation of it, I said four walls and a roof. I didn't even mention the foundation. But when Jesus talks about it, he says, Don't forget the most important thing is the foundation. I want to look at one other thing. 
there's a song by Billy Joel, and I think it's called My Home, or You're My Home, and he's singing about life on the road, and it's a song sung to a woman, and it says, whenever we're together, you're my home. So because he's living life on the road as an entertainer out there, you know, traveling as a big part of his living, he doesn't have the chance to come home. He doesn't have the chance to go back to the home base and, and enjoy life and spend time there. And he says that there's something special about when he's with her. He says, I'll never be a stranger and I'll never be alone. Whenever we're together, you're my home. So to him, it's about connection. It's about a relationship. It's about a person. And that's one philosophy of home. Now, I'm not saying that any of these things are right or any of these things are wrong. Although I do believe that some of them are right. But his philosophy, according to the song, is that if you're longing for home, then being together with somebody that you love, somebody who cares for you, somebody who is supportive, who's going to be there for you, that that makes your life have a home kind of a feel. And I think that's good because everybody lays down at night to sleep. I think that's a really good blessing. But if you don't have a specific place that you go back to, it can be tough. And I've faced that in my own life because I was talking to a friend of mine and I told him when I was growing up, my family moved around some. I think it was a lot, but there's people who move around, around way more than that. Uh, we had, I, okay, growing up for the first 18 years of my life, I can remember four different homes that we lived in. And there were, two of them were farmhouses and two of them were mobile homes. And I know where they are, or I should say I know where they were. Because I thought about how on like movies or TV, you see people who go off to college or go off to start a career and they go back to their childhood home and they lay in their bed and they, they lay in their room. They can look out the window. They can see their the things from when they grew up, trophies and ribbons and books and things like that. But for me, I can't do that because every single one of those homes that I grew up in have been torn down. They're not standing anymore. I was telling my friend about it. You know, I don't feel sorry for myself, but I, I ponder these things and I think about what does it mean that I can't go back to my childhood home? What does it mean that I don't have a place like that? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for my life? And I prayed about it and I meditated on it, you know. For some people, they have this privilege of going back and spending time in their childhood home. For me, that's not possible. That's not available. But what does it mean? It means that I start from now. That my parents lived life a certain way that didn't give me this one thing. Now, they provided for us. They were always there for us. But a home, 
has kind of a an indistinct definition. Like it's not well defined. It's a distant memory. It's intangible for me. It's in my head, it's in my mind. And yeah, maybe it's in my heart. I had I had good times. And I remember that. And it was good. But it's not there anymore. The tangible part of it's gone. Some people, you know, their parents might not own the same home that they grew up in, but yet they can still drive by it. They can still go and visit and say, hey, I used to live here, you know, kind of like a monument in their life. And since I don't have that, my conclusion was that I have the opportunity to do that for my children, to build a home and to have a home for them where they can come back to when they're grown and when they're out of the house and living life. They can come back and remember and say, yeah, you know what? Yeah. We used to play in this house. We This used to be my room. You know, it's still here. It's still part of the family. That's one of the things that I value. That's one of the things that I want because I I think because I didn't have that as a kid, uh, a single place that I can go back to, because my wife does. Her house is still there. Her parents still live in the house that she grew up in. I think I really enjoy going to visit for that reason because I know that it's got a history that goes all the way back to when she was born and beyond that. So it's cool. It's kind of interesting to me. I can see that building a home like that, having a legacy like that, it's a blessing to somebody. And I want to bless my children in that way. I want to have a home like that. So we talked about what Jesus said about a home. But what does Paul say about a home? Well, he talks about God's home, the church. In 1 Timothy, he talks about if you want to be a bishop or if you want to be a deacon in God's house. He says you're desiring a good thing, but there are certain things that are required. And he talks about the men who he was going to assign those positions. And he says, you know, you have to be temperate. You have to be the husband of one wife. You have to be able to discipline your children. They have to be under control. They can't be wild child kind of people running around and causing all kinds of trouble. And he specifically says, if you can't run your own home, how are you going to run God's church, God's home? And that's interesting because I think it's a good question. If you're not building a good foundation for the home that you live in, that your kids are going to grow up in, how are you going to build God's home? How are you going to be a part of that in leadership? That's a good question. Leadership is important. And if you're going to be a part of building God's home, the place where people are spiritually fed, where they grow, where they become something, then it's important that you have some practice in doing that. People are built up in the house of God. It's a place of connection. It's a place of warmth. It's a place of hospitality, or at least it should be, you know. Uh, Things are being redefined right now in our country, and Christianity is being redefined. And in some circles, the desire is to define it as hateful. But if we're building a home and making a place where people can grow spiritually, and if we hold ourselves accountable and make sure that our leaders have built 
a good home or know how to build a good home, then that might be some good advice. And that would be a good testimony to our world where there's question marks on everything. It's been that way for a long time. I think the 60s, the 1960s was a time when people started to question everything, to question the foundations of their nation and their home, the authorities that were around them. And it started a great tradition of doing that, of questioning everything. In fact, even questioning the Word of God. But I think its integrity stands. And I think that the, the house that God built, the church, is really good. Not every leader has integrity. Not every location is the best. But I think that there's a place for everybody. I think if you search and if you really look for a place where they do what Jesus said, take my words and put them into practice, I think that's a good home. Especially when you're in trouble, when you're hurting, or when you're young in the faith, when you're brand new in the faith. Because the final thought here is that life starts in the home. It has to. School doesn't come until later. Work comes even after that. But life begins with the family and in the home. Or at least it should. If it didn't do that for a person, if a person's life started on the streets or alone or homeless, then that's a tragedy. And it's a tough thing. And, you know, I, I look at the, the tough thing in my life is that I can't go back to my childhood home. That's very minor compared to the things I'm talking about now. But you can build your own legacy. You can build your own home. And you can take all of these principles and think about them. And maybe put them into practice. But when you're building a home, the place where you start your family, where young ones can grow into maturity... The most important thing, I think, is the foundation. I agree with what Jesus said. This is a morning meditation podcast. Thank you for listening.